How is everyone doing? All right, good. I don't know. I just, I just heard a bunch of bleh, bleh, I don't know what that was. Well, good. Let's pray and let's get started. All right, Father, we love you. Thank you so much for today, for another time that we can come and worship you, Father. Today's a new day that, Father, we can worship. And, Father, thank you for that. Father, and I pray right now, Lord, that you fill this place with your spirit, Lord. Father, just teach us today, Father, what we need to know, Lord. Father, teach us more and more about who you are. Teach us more and more about your son, Jesus Christ, Father. Teach us more about how we're supposed to live, Lord. Father, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's good to see everybody. I have been out of town for some time. Uh, My wife and I and the kids went on a mission trip to the Navajo Reservation. We went out there uh, a couple weeks ago. Great trip. Highly recommend it. If you are a family or whoever wants to go, that's a great trip to go on. Then we went to Oasis, went to the beach camp, and uh, tried to get a... I tried to get a tan, and that didn't work. Because uh, my wife doesn't know how to put on sunscreen. <laughs> Only certain spots of my body got sunscreen. And I've got this weird looking S on my back. And it's still there. One of the guys, I don't remember who it was, called me Syndrome from uh, Incredibles. Yeah, who was that? Yeah, that's, yeah. Hey, look, Syndrome. Yeah. There's nothing that makes you feel more like a dork than having a big OS on your back. It's just, uh, it's just, everybody oh, well, yeah, everybody pointed. Did you mean to do that? Yes, oh, yes, I meant to do that. Purposely wanted to look like this. Well, when I was a teenager, I remember, man, there was a time when, when Tommy Hilfiger and Polo were the big deal. Now, I don't know if they're a big deal now. I don't know that. Uh, we don't buy them for our children because uh, we can't afford them. So we just like, y'all just wear, you know, anything, hand-me-down, whatever. You just, but when I was in high school, oh, that was the big deal. You got to wear the Tommy Hilfiger shirt. You got to wear the polo. You, that's what you got to wear in high school when, back in my days, early 90s. And, I mean, you were somebody if you wore these shirts, okay? You, you had to wear these certain types of brands. And, I mean, it was so fun. I look back now and how silly I was. I would take the 60, 70, however much money it was, and just go buy this one shirt. I would never in my mind today ever do something like that. For 80 bucks, I would probably go, I will buy like four shirts. I'm not buying one shirt. But I would, my, in my teenage mind, I would go, yes, I've got to have this shirt. I remember Julia, I mean, she remembers. I mean, I'd go to these, this certain store and oh, I got to go skip that certain one. The one that I don't have, I must go get this shirt. So I did everything I can. All the money I just spent on these shirts. And it was, for me, it was all about status. It was all about recognition. Oh, look, he's got a polo on. Oh, he's got a Tommy Hilfiger on. I felt like I was somebody. Now, that Hilfiger sign or that polo sign, yes, it said something. To me, now, I go, it says, you spent too much money on a shirt. That's what it says now for me. And I look back, and yeah, and I know I was, I was a silly kid, and and, and I think that shirt, and I, or I think that emblem made me somebody. Being somebody or belonging is a big deal, isn't it? It's a big deal. See, we all want to be somebody. We all want to be someone. We all want that recognition that, hey, I'm somebody today. 
And many times what we do is we allow the world to tell us what we should be or who we should be. An example would be, you know, the shirt. You know, I'm wearing a polo shirt, not this one, a polo shirt, so therefore I'm somebody. Oh, I'm somebody now because of the certain house that I live in. Or I'm somebody now because of the certain haircut that I have. Or I'm someone now because the car that I drive. Or I'm somebody now or the shoes that I wear, right? If I've got some Air Jordans, I remember back then in the day, Air Jordan. Oh my goodness, if you had Air Jordan, that was the thing. I don't think I ever had a pair, I don't think, but I mean, that was just the big deal. If you wear a pair or Jordans, or you wear something like that, maybe it's some, that person on your arm. Oh, I'm somebody because of this person. Or hey, I'm somebody because I'm single. Or I'm someone because social media. I asked the last hour if any of them were on social media, about five of them raised their hand. Okay? They were just like, and I think they were scared. They're like, oh, you know, I'm like, it's okay. But that's, that gives us what? It gives us value. It gives us some type of status. Oh, I have so many friends on this book or in whatever those things are called. I have all these friends, and look how good I am. I get recognition from these things. And if we allow these things to determine our value, if we allow these things to say this is who we are, that we will be in a constant rat race of searching, who am I? Am I this person in that shirt? Am I this person with these shoes? Am I this person on Facebook or Instagram or whatever? Am I someone, and do I matter on this earth at all? See, until we figure out who we are, the race just continues. You just continue to go, well, who am I? Who am I, who am I now? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? See, the Church of Galatia were doing something very similar. They were doing something very similar. They were dealing with some issues for some of the believers. They were trying to figure out who they were. They were trying to understand, well, I'm a believer in Christ, but now what? Am I supposed to do something else? Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? You see, they 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 heard the gospel from Paul, but now they're hearing another gospel relating to works. They were being told that Christ is good, but doing works is better. Have Christ, but do all these other things as well. Back in those days, like in chapter 5, I'll give you an example. Circumcision. The Jews would go, hey, you know what? I don't think these are real believers because, you know, they're not circumcised. They're Gentiles. And, you know, they're just not right with the Lord yet. They're They're not pleasing to God yet because they haven't done these works over here or they haven't done this. That we're saying, essentially, if you want to truly be saved, then you've got to go back to the law. You've got to go back to sacrifices. You've got to go back to circumcision. You've got to do something else to please God. You've got to do something else to be somebody. So Paul in Galatians chapter 3 wants to assure the believers of who they are. He wants to assure them of who they are. So we're going to be reading in Galatians chapter 3. We're going to be starting in verse 23 here. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 23. We'll read down to 29. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 
There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Notice what he says in verse 23. And I'll paraphrase verse 23. He's basically saying this. If you go back to the law, then you are being held captive. If you go back to this again, you will be imprisoned. Why would you want to go back that way? I can ask a lot of us today as believers in Christ, why would we want to go back? Why would we want to go back to our old self? Why would we want to go back of, oh, I've got to do all these things, and I've got to follow all these rules, and I've got to do all this stuff to make sure that everybody knows that I'm a Christian? Or maybe I'm doing this because I want, I want God, God, be pleased with me, please, please be, be, be pleased with me. I'll do whatever I can. I'll, I'll carry a Bible around so everybody thinks I'm spiritual. Or, or I'll, I'll quote some passages so everybody goes, ooh, wow, you must be spiritual. We all do it. We all play this little game of, oh, I hope that I, everyone notices that I'm a believer in Christ. I hope everyone notices that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. So here, Galatians are going, they're struggling with, hey, do, do I need to go be circumcised? I'm 25 years old. It's going to be horrible. Do I need to go do all the law? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do these things? And they're struggling with it. They're struggling with who they are. And Paul is saying, hey, if you are free in Christ, why do you want to go back to slavery? If you are free. I love what Galatians 3.19 says. He says, why then the law? It was added because of what? Transgressions. Until the offspring should, have, should, should come to whom the promise had been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. So why go back? Why be known as a transgressor again? Why not freedom? Why not live in freedom? Why put yourself back in prison when Christ has freed you from this death sentence? Why would you go back? Galatians 4.9 says this, But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? He's going, do you want to be a slave again? Do you want to go back again? Do you want to go back to the elementary principles of the world and go back to that? He's questioning them. He's questioning their faith. He's questioning who they are in Christ. Why go back and be known as a transgressor? Why go back? Galatians 5.1 says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, there, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of what? Slavery. He says, don't go back there. You see, the law was just a wake-up call. The law was just something to say, hey, you can't save yourself. The law was here to go, hey, you see all these rules? Yeah, you're not going to follow them. You see all these rules here? Yeah, you're going to break them. You're going to break them. The law was there as a wake-up call just to say, hey, you need a Savior. That's what the law was for. Paul called the law in Galatians a guardian or a tutor, someone to come beside you and go, hey, you know what? You're you're not going to get this right, but that's the one I'm pointing to. That's what a guardian was for. It was to point the person to the Savior. 
So Paul, go, Paul, Paul goes on to explain to the Galatian believers who they are. And I want us to know who we are today. How do they get their value? Galatians 3.26 says this, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Notice that. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Now, obviously, he's not saying, hey, everybody in the world is a believer in Christ. He's saying, he's talking to the Galatian church in context and going, hey, those that are in the church, those that are believers in Christ, he says, those are sons of God. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, guess what you are? You are a child of God. You are a child of God. He says here, you are sons of God. This is who you are now. So what's the alternative? Well, I'm either going to be a child of God or as Romans 5.10 says that I'm going to be an enemy of God. I don't want to do that. Or Ephesians 2.3 says you're going to be an object of wrath. Ooh, that doesn't sound fun. I think I'll take the other one and be a child of God. Those that don't believe in Christ, guess what? You're an enemy of God and you're an object of wrath. You're not quite a child of God or you're not a child of God. See, God has given us a new status when we believe in Christ. We are recognized by God as his child. So how can you tell who is a child of God then? I look out and I'm like, I don't know who is a child of God. I'm assuming that you're here, you're a child of God, but we can't assume that. And we shouldn't assume that. So I want to give you four identifying marks of a child of God. Four identifying marks of a child of God. And you're, you're probably thinking, oh, it's going to be some spiritual, it's going to be some real big thing. But it, here, Paul says it's, it's like so simple. It's simple stuff. Look where he says. First one, first identifying mark of a child of God is you have faith in Christ. You have faith in Christ. Galatians 3.26 says this, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God, what? Through faith. Not through your works. You're not a son of God because something you've done because you're a good person? No, he says, it's through faith. Galatians 3.22 says, But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. It's the child of God who believes in Christ through faith. It's an identifying mark. And the reason we, we need this, we need to understand why we believe in Christ. We need to know why is it through faith in Christ? Because John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you haven't highlighted that, you might want to highlight that one. Because that's kind of a big deal. Jesus is going, hey, you can find all these ways to try to get to heaven. You can find all these, tries, all these ways to try to get to God. But guess what? Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. That should be hitting our ear go, ooh, ooh, really? You see, we can have faith in many things. In many things. But all that matters is faith in Christ. We can have faith in all types of stuff. We can have faith in our government. We can have faith in our church. We can have faith in so many different things. But really what matters most is do you have faith in Christ? That's an identifying mark of who a believer in Christ is and who a child of God is. In John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, he says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children 
of God. Notice he says, the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You are a child of God because of God. You are a child of God because he allowed it. He, it was a right to become a child of God. He sets us apart. He sets us, what sets us apart is our faith. That's an identifying mark. As Romans 5.1 says, he says, we have been justified by faith. We have been made right. We have peace with God now. I don't have to sit here and wonder, oh, do I have peace with God now? I never wonder if I have peace with God. No matter how bad I stray, no matter how mean I am to my wife and how bad I am to my children. No, I have peace with God because I know God has changed the inside of me and I have faith in Christ. So don't sit here and go, oh, I can't be perfect. You're not supposed to be perfect. That's the whole point. Christ was perfect. He died a sinless death for you. He did it. What sets us apart is faith, and it's our faith in Christ. Secondly, look at Galatians 3, 27. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So look what he's saying. He goes, the second identifying mark is that you've been baptized into Christ. Paul's not speaking of water baptism here. He's not saying, hey, let's just see how many times we can dunk people. He's not saying that. No, it goes deeper than that. It's the spiritual identification we have in Christ. Our lives are to be immersed in Christ, is what he's saying here. We all know what it's like to, be, to immerse ourselves in something. Let's be honest. We immerse ourselves in things, don't we? We immerse ourselves in teams, and we immerse in sports, and we immerse ourselves in this, and we immerse ourselves in that. We do. But what he's saying here is immerse yourself in Christ because that is an identifying mark. You see, what happens a lot of times when we immerse ourselves into something, we put our heart and we put our soul into it, don't we? We put our heart and our soul into it. And it's all we think about. It's all we want. And what Paul is saying here is, he goes, hey, this is an identifying mark, is that you have been baptized into Christ. Romans 6, 3 and 4 says this, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You see, our heart and soul should be into him. But let's talk about something real quick, just as a side note. Let's talk about water baptism just for a moment. Water baptism is simply symbolic. It does not save you, and it will not save you. Okay? It will not save you. You can get dunked 50 times, and you know what? You're just going to be wet every single time. It's as simple as that. You're going to, oh, I'm getting dunked again. Oh, big deal. What matters is, Have you been baptized into Christ? Now, when you're baptized, hey, it's a big deal. Don't get me wrong. It's symbolic. You're telling everyone, hey, I'm walking in newness of life. That's why you get baptized, because Christ has already done the work, and you're letting everybody know. And you're letting the church know, I'm being baptized, and here's why. Because Christ has changed me. Christ has changed my life. It does no good if you get baptized 50 times and you still walk like a heathen. It does no good. 
If you still are getting baptized after every beach camp or after every camp you go to and after every this and after every that and and you're still walking like a lost person, let me tell you, my friend, you're probably still lost. Because baptism is not going to do it for you. It's faith in Christ. It's faith in Christ. Watchman Nee says this, Baptism is an outward expression of an inward faith. It's what's happened on the inside of you that matters. So the faith we have in Christ is best expressed in a new life living for him. Let me say that again. The faith we have in Christ is best expressed in a new life living for him. So we see these identifying marks. You have faith in Christ. You've been baptized into Christ. But here's the next one. Number three, you've been clothed with Christ or clothed in Christ. Galatians 3, 27 says this, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The NIV says clothed with Christ. So we are to put on Christ, and what that means is you take off the old clothes, you take off with the old, and then you put Christ on. We are clothed with Christ. It's an identifying mark. So if you have faith in Christ and are baptized into Christ, then you will put on Christ. There will be no questions, should I put on Christ today? There will be no question, hey, should I clothe myself with Christ? The answer is, yes, you are supposed to do it. We are supposed to do it. You don't leave home without him. It's as simple as that. You ever try to look for someone in a crowd? Julie and I just got through running a, a 5K, and uh, I'm going to be real honest with you. I hate running, and I hate it with a passion. And I, I do these silly runs because my wife says, let's go run. And I don't train for them, Pfft, whatever. I mean, I hate running, so I'm not going to train for them, right? So we go run this race on July 3rd, and, you know, it was hot, it was miserable, you know, I think it felt like I was running up a hill the entire time. You know, it made me realize, okay, Dave, maybe you are out of shape. I don't know, maybe. And, you know, and, and, and I'm running and we're doing all this. And, and then we, we I, you know, I, I pass my, I beat my wife. I mean, I always do. But, um, uh, <laughs> hey, it's competition, all right? It's competition. Don't be all, you know. Because if it was her, if she could beat me, she would, all right? I barely beat her, but anyway. <laughs> no, oh no, no, I just passed her up. Anyway, um, so I get at the end of the race, and I'm, you know, I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm dying here. I'm like, oh, I hate running. You know, I'm like feeling like this. And, and here's the weird part about the running thing. I, I don't necessarily do it for her, okay? You know why I do it? I want the T-shirt at the end of it. <laughs> I mean, is that sad? I mean, like, I was like, what kind of loser am I? Like, I'm going, I want a T-shirt. That's all I want out of this. I don't care that I paid 50 bucks to run. I want a T-shirt. And I do. I'm like, ah, I got the T-shirt. I'll probably never wear it again, but I got the T-shirt. You know, for some reason, it makes me feel like I'm somebody. I don't know. It's kind of weird. So anyway, at the end of the race, I'm looking for Julie. These thousands of people are all over the place. I'm like, I'm like, where's Julie? I'm like, anybody seen Julie? Like, anybody? I don't know. I'm asking complete strangers. You seen Julie? Like, no, we don't even know who she is. And I'm, lo- I'm looking for her, and I'm looking. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm searching for. What is she wearing? 
What is my wife wearing right now? I don't, I don't even remember what she's wearing. Is she wearing clothes right now? What is she wearing? Where is she? And I'm looking for her. I'm looking all over the place, looking everywhere. Finally, I see her hat. I'm like, oh, there she is. Okay, you know how I noticed who she was? I knew what she was wearing. I was like, I know exactly where she is. She's right there. There she is. I see her hat. Church, does God know what you're wearing? I'm not talking about the clothes you have on today. I'm talking about, are you clothed in Christ? Can he pick you out of a crowd and go, oh, he's mine. Oh, there's my child of God right there. There's, oh, there's my son right there. Oh, there they are. Because I'm clothed with Christ. So what are you wearing today? Are you wearing Christ? Are you wearing him today? See, believers should be recognized by who we put on. We should be known by what we wear, and that is Christ. Are we putting on the coat of Christ every single day? Are we putting it on? Ephesians 4, verse 24 says this, And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. He goes, you've got to put on the new self. You've got to put it on. You've got to put on that coat of Christ. You've got to put him on every single day. The most important thing we put on today is not a suit. It's not the shorts that you're wearing. It's not the socks. It's Christ. It's Christ. So we have these identifying marks. You have faith in Christ. You've been baptized into Christ. You've been clothed, clothed with Christ. You kind of get the idea where Paul's going here, don't you? He's trying to point the church and go, hey, it's all in Christ. Everything is to be about Jesus Christ. And here's why. Because of the fourth identifying mark. We are to be one in Christ. Galatians 3.28 says this, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Because we are followers of, of Jesus Christ, we put them on. And God sees us as one in Christ. Notice that Paul is removing all these human distinctions. Notice that Paul is going, hey, you know what? Jew, Greek, no. Slave, free, no. Male, female, no. He says he just gets rid of those things. Because these things don't matter to God. What matters is who knows his son, Jesus Christ. And he noticed his children. He notices his children when we follow his son. We are one in Christ. We recently got back uh, from a mission trip. I said earlier, from, uh, the Navajo mission trip. And you know one of the one thing I loved about that trip, the one thing I loved about it the most, is seeing different churches coming together for one particular purpose. It was so nice to be with other believers in Christ and walking together and being one in Christ, not going, hey, what church are you at? Or, hey, what church are you a part of? Oh, well, I'm at this and I'm at that. It was nice to get together with all these believers and just go, hey, we're all one in Christ here. We're one in Christ. But see, we live in a world with all these distinctions today, don't we? And you know what they are. Here's, let me give you an example of some of these distinctions we go by. You're black or you're white. You're a Democrat or you're a Republican. You're old and you're young. Oh, or you're rich. Oh, or you're poor. 
We live in a world of distinctions. That's how we live today. When we meet someone, we want to know, who are they? What do you do? Oh, well, you do that. Okay, well, then you must be wealthy. Or, or you don't do anything. Oh, you must be poor. Or, or, you are this way. Oh, really? Okay, so you like this particular team. Well, I don't like you. Right? That's what we do. That's how we play the game. But Romans ten twelve says this, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. You see, if God sees us as one, we should strive for unity. We should strive for oneness then. So what makes us one? It's Jesus Christ. There's no distinctions here. At least there should be no distinctions here. We should not be going, who's old and who's young? Who's rich and who's poor? Let me ask you this. Does anyone, and I asked the uh, last hour this as well. Does anyone here know anybody from the first service? Show of hands. Does anybody know? Okay, a few of you. Are they, are, are they your parents? Are they your parents? Maybe? Perhaps? Yeah? Distinctions. And see, and the more we put distinctions together, guess what's going to happen? The more we are going to divide. We've got to remove the distinctions. And we've got to focus on the identifying marks that makes a believer in Christ. That is our faith. That is being baptized into Christ. That is being clothed clothed with Christ. Therefore, we are one in Christ. And what Galatians 3.29 in closing says is, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Allah says, if you are Christ, if you are his, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So I ask you this in closing, are you one of his children? Or are you the one that keeps getting baptized? Are you the one that keeps playing the game because you can just come into this big church and just go, hey, I can carry a Bible and everybody thinks I'm a believer? Are you one of his children? I hope we can answer that today for you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we pray right now, Lord, that you would do a work in our hearts. Father, you would do a work in those that are here that don't believe, Father. Father, I pray that you would just open their hearts to you. Father, that they would see that the gospel, the good news of Christ is that he has reconciled man to God. And now we are pleasing to God. And now God is pleased with us, those who are believers in Jesus Christ. Father, we are no longer objects of wrath. But Father, we are your children. And Father, I pray for the rest of us that, Father, we would continue to have faith in Christ, that these identifying marks would be seen throughout. Lord, that we would be immersed and be baptized into Christ. Father, that we would clothe ourselves with Christ every day. Father, so that we can be one in Christ. Help us to remove distinctions, Father. Help us to see how you would see us, Father, as one. Father, help us with that. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.